guys. So let's go into the word today. I'm going to talk to you this morning, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. And I believe this is a, a good place to start, and it goes very well with uh, Galatians 6 and 9 that Pastor just read. Uh, it goes hand in hand with that. So uh, I'm glad God put that in your heart uh, because this is a good way to start off the year. I know we're finishing off a year that, that we're like, man, 2020, what else can go wrong? Where are the aliens? Where are the zombies? What, what else can go wrong? But you know what? God has a plan, and God's plan has not changed for you. His plans are still good for you. His plans are of hope, and they are good for you and me. So let's go to Psalm chapter 1. I'm reading out of the New American Standard, and it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, say, say with me, his delight. All right, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly, and say this with me loud, planted. Come on, say it louder, planted. Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. May God bless his word this morning. So many of us are, are seasoned Christians. Many of us have been in church. For how, many, how many have been in church longer than 10 years? Woo, come on, Jesus. Anybody less than 10 years? All right. Well, you're welcome, too. We're all welcome. So even if you've been in church less than 10 years, more than 10 years, long time, short time, uh, we've all heard different messages. But I believe this is the first time you're going to hear a message about this subject. I'm going to talk to you this morning about leaves. Leaves. Say it with me. Leaves. Because this psalm talks about leaves, and leaves are very important. Uh, the message today is about leaves. Why leaves and not fruit? I mean, Galatians uh, chapter 5 talks, to us, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So if we're called to bear fruit, and raise your hand if you're called to bear fruit. Come on, everybody raise your hand because we're all called to bear fruit. If we are called to bear fruit, why are we talking about leaves? Well, let me ask you a question first. If we're called to bear fruit, how, is, how e easy is it to bear this fruit? And be sincere. Be honest with me this morning. How easy is it to love everybody? Come on, think of your cousin. Think of your uncle. Come on. How easy is it to be joyful all the time, to bring joy to a place? Are, are you the joyful one or are you the Grinch? What were you a couple of days ago? Come on. How easy is it, ooh, how about this one, to be peace, to be at peace, to bring peace to a place? It's hard. I mean, the, this fruit of the Spirit is not an easy thing. How about the next one? Patience. Anybody say amen to that one? You know, if you ask God for patience, he's just going to put you in a place where you have to be patient. He's not going to give you, it's not a shot, it's not a, a vaccine. He's going to put you in a place where you and I have to be patient. And let's go through the other ones. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I'll, I'll, and I'll end with this one. Self-control. Come on, self-control. All, uh, uh, all the CCs and Chinese Buffet and Golden Corral members, come on. Do we know nothing about self-control? It's the best idea when we leave church, right? Ooh, Golden Corral sounds so good. And we leave or we leave CC's or the Chinese Buffet and we say, we should have never done that. I'll never do that again in my life because we have no self-control. It's so hard because something needs to happen before we can bear that fruit, before we can bear the weight 
of that fruit, of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at some pictures real quick. Come on. Next picture. All right, we see a peach tree. See, ooh, that looks good. We see some oranges. Next one. Some apples, some cherries, and I believe that's, that's the last one. Okay, so what do we, all these fruit trees have in common? Leaves. Very good. What grows first? Let me ask you. What grows first, the apple or the leaves? The leaves. What grows first, the coconut or the palms? The palms, yeah, the leaves. What grows first, the oranges or the leaves? The leaves grow first. So the the leaves are very important. Before there can be fruit, there needs to be leaves. Before there can be fruit, there needs to be leaves. The question then is, what are the leaves that we should have and that the psalm here is talking about? It says, uh, he should be like a tree firmly planted by the rivers of living water, should bear his fruit in due season, and his leaves shall not with what leaves is the psalmist talking about here? Now, I brought this apple. I don't know about you. anybody hungry yet. Not yet. All right. So, I, I love this kind of apple. There's other apples that are too squishy, too like that. But these red, delicious apples. I mean, if I take a bite into it right now, and you know how it, when you take a bite into it, and the, and the little juice just kind of like goes down right here, and you, you know, if if your mom didn't hit you while, when you were a kid, you'd do this. You know, but, you know, I'm not going to take a bite because I don't want to be bad with you guys. But anyway, but just to grow this, just to, what do you think it takes to grow this? What do you think it takes to grow this? Listen to this. It says, uh, I, I looked up some, some information about some uh, apple cultivators, uh, people who, who are experts in apple stuff, and growing apples. It says, a large, uh, luscious, juicy red apple. It says it, it, it takes it's a combination of many factors to achieve such a beautiful fruit. It says to maintain regular cropping, there's a delicate balance. Listen to this. There's a delicate balance between the number of leaves and the number of fruits on the tree. There has to be a balance. There can't be have you ever seen a tree with more fruit than leaves? You don't you don't see that. Mostly it's more leaves than fruit. There's gotta be a balance. It says most apple cultivators require, say, about 80, listen to this, 80 to 90 square inches of healthy, healthy, all right, green leaves to support one three-inch diameter apple. That's equivalent to 10 leaves, 10 mature healthy leaves per fruit. So you need 10 leaves for one fruit. Now, what are the leaves for? Let's go. Uh, what are leaves for? Leaves are very important for the trees and for the fruit because they provide food for the whole tree or for the plant. Now, let's go back to high school. Right? Anybody? How long has it been since we were in high school? All right. Let's go. Back. Let's see if we remember a little bit of high school biology. How, how, you know, how do they do it? How do, leaves have a special process called photosynthesis. Anybody remember that word? Woo, photosynthesis, the mitochondria and the this and that. And, man, I, I didn't like that class. Both times I took it. <laughs> All right, photosynthesis, it says, is to convert, listen to this, to convert energy from the sunlight above, to convert energy from the sunlight into sugars and starches that a tree uses for food. Photosynthesis. To convert energy from the sunlight above that the tree will use for energy and for food to use as 
nutrition. For us as Christians, it's a revelation that comes from the sun's light, not sun, S-U-N, but S-O-N, from the light, from the Son of God that gives us that nutrition to grow. So listen to this, listen to this. What the psalm today is teaching us is about, and we're going to like, some of us are going to like this, some of us are not, but the psalm is teaching us about process. Say it with me, process. Come on, it's teaching us about process, and this word we don't like, but what's the godly process? The godly process is, go to the next slide, it says, is planted, then leaves, and then fruit. We need to be planted, then there needs to be leaves, because the leaves are going to bring forth fruit. Some of us want to go to fruit already. All right, a little fruity around here. All right, some of us want to go to fruit. And, and God's plan, God's process, all right, is planted, then leaves, then fruit. Now, what can mess up this process? Because God's process is perfect. But what can mess it up is sin. And that's what we're warned here. The beginning of the psalm warns us, do not do this. And it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. The psalm first speaks to us of the things we need to not do or the sinful process, the process of sin. And what's the process of sin? To walk, to stand, and to sit in these things that it says not to. Now, let me give you an illustration. I, I, I don't know how many of you went shopping this, this Christmas season or this holiday season, but any remember a, a store called Sharper Image at the store? Or, or I think now it's more Brookstone or something like that. It's called. Anyway, and, and they used to have, before it was popular, before they had them outside in the mall, they used to have these uh, massage chairs. Remember? And they, I mean, it was like 10, 12 years ago. You couldn't find them. Most people didn't have them. You know, it just it went past sharper image. And you're like, ooh. But you were on a mission. You were at the mall to buy your gifts. You were at the mall for something. So you just walked by them. And you're like, no, no not right now. I'm, like, I'm not going to sit there because I have something to do. But you saw them. All of a sudden, the second time you come around because you're still looking for the gap. And you're like, ooh. We kind of stand in front of sharper image. And you're like, ooh, that massage shirt <laughs> looks really good. Third time around the mall, still looking for Old Navy, still looking for your store. Guess where I'm going to find you? Where's Dad? So, see, you first walked by it, then you stood in front of it, and then where did we find you? Find you sitting in it. And this is how sin is. See, sin kind of says, hey, no, no, no. I mean, we're in church, and someone would tell you, hey, go sin. And you're like, no, man, I would never test that mic stand. No way. I rebuke in Jesus' name. Ah. And, and, and you're like, no, 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 I would never stand next to this thing right here. I'm never going to grab this mic stand. No, no, I'm never am I going to grab this mic stand. And all of a sudden, you find yourself grabbing the mic stand. Because it's a process. Because sin, see, no one ever really falls into sin. Like, all of a sudden, I just, I, I got drunk. I have no idea how that happened. Have no idea. Ten shots all at once. I have no idea how I took them. You do. You thought about it all day. It was a hot day, and you're like, oh, my God, I just want a beer. Oh, my God. Oh, it would be good. So, and you started thinking about it. You started walking it in your head. Then you started standing in front of it. Ooh, should I go in there? Should I not? That's the place I used to go to. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself right in that bar again. Whatever it is, 
The process of sin is this. You walk past it. You walk through it. You walk, and then you stand in front of it. There's a, there, there's a pause that you take. Should I, should I not? There's that decision. And then you sit. That's why the word says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. It's, a, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a progression. It's a process. These are the things we want to stay away from. Because this is how we fall back into our sinful nature. See, by nature, none of us are good. Book of Romans says there is none good. Not, not pastor, not me, not, not no one in here. No one on this earth is good. So as good as you thought you were this year, you are not good. The Bible says this. There is none good. There is none perfect. Only God. So our nature is to fall back to our sinful nature. Uh, it, 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 uh, it's funny to me when, when, um, when Christians tell their testimony. It's like, yeah, what did God uh, take you out of? Oh, yeah, I used to. Oh, man, if you knew me back in the day, you get the smile like, oh. And you start thinking about it. You remember, you remember how you used to Humpty Dance, you know? You remember how you used to, you know, I don't even know any dances. But anyway, you remember how you used to, all right? And, and, and you get this little smirk, like, and, and we shouldn't, but our sinful nature is like, ooh, yeah, I remember I used to get down. I used to do this. I used to that. Because our nature, the nature of, uh, of ourselves is to go back to our sin. But the, the, word, of, the word of God uh, tells and it warns us, do not do those things. Do not uh, walk, stand, or sit in those things because you will fall back into it. Now, if you or I, any one of us, are struggling with any of these things, any things that we're struggling with, it's because we're still in the process. Say it with me again, process. We're still in the process. In the process, in the stage of being formed to a tree that is planted and stable, which is our goal, and to bear fruit. A healthy and growing tree bears fruits. It bears apples, peaches, avocados, whatever. But, and that's what we're striving for. But some trees, listen to this, don't produce the first year or the first two years that they're planted until they are at a certain maturity point. So a tree needs to be mature enough to bear fruit. And, and, and some trees, man, have you ever seen one of those trees outside a house, and, they, and it's kind of sideways, and they have it, like, pulled up by this, you know, this little, not a string, but this lasso or whatever, and, and it's being pulled up by a straight stick. You know, there's a, there's a pole right here that's straight, and the tree's all slanted. It's being pulled up. It's being helped up. Why? Because it's going through a process. It went that way, and, and, and the, the owners are like, uh-uh, you need to be over here still going through the process. And, and some trees don't produce, like I said, for the first two years. Um, they need to grow and mature in order to become fruitful. In other words, listen to this. In other words, what the Bible is telling us here is to stay planted. And like Pastor Chris just said with Galatians chapter 6 and 9, be consistent. Be consistent. Grow some leaves. Grow some leaves. What do trees do? They grow leaves. Certain amount of growth has to take place. A certain amount of strength and infrastructure has to be placed in order to support good fruit. Remember, 10 leaves per one fruit. Remember that ratio, 10 leaves per one fruit? But 
what is fruit and what's the difference between growth and process? Listen, basically fruit is reproduction and the leaves are growth. The leaves are part of the process. Uh, fruit is like a baby version of the tree. It has potential to make more trees, but we want good fruit, not bad fruit. And in order to have good fruit, we need to bear leaves. We need to grow leaves. And we'll get to what the leaves are. Don't worry. Have you ever tasted a sour or bad fruit? And, I mean, you look at this and you're like, ooh, this looks so good. And you're, and you're in your mind, because remember, everything's starting in your mind again. So in your mind, you're like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite into it. It's going to be so sweet. And you make the picture in your head where it's, it's dripping, you know, a little apple juice is dripping right here. And you're going to have to suck it up like this and everything. And, and, and it's all going through. And all of a sudden, you bite into it, and it's the most sour apple you've tasted in your life. Or for us that like this, these nice, firm ones, I, I hate biting into it, and it's squishy. It's like... I'm like, my, my grandma could have ate that. You know, well, you, you'll get it later. Anyway, but uh, she doesn't have any teeth. Uh, so, and, and so you get this, this, like, why did that happen? And, or let me tell you one thing that happened to me. Uh, this lady at work, she, uh, she knows I like popcorn. And my snack about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I just eat some popcorn. I'm, and so she's like, hey, Dennis, I brought you some popcorn. I'm like, oh, thank you. And, and I didn't look at it. I just... Pulled it out, and I put it in, into the microwave, and I got it out. All of a sudden, I'm, and I'm waiting for this buttery, salty taste. And that's, that's what I, I, I'm desiring. That's what I'm wanting. I put my hand into it, and I tasted sweet. It was kettle corn. It was kettle popcorn. Have you, anybody tasted kettle popcorn, that sweet one? It threw me off it, it threw, because my, my, my lip buds, whatever they're called, my tongue, taste buds, not lip buds. Yeah, thinking like a trumpet player here. <laughs> my, my taste buds were expecting this salty taste, but all of a sudden it shocked me. It, it, it was something different than what I was expecting. So if you've ever had bad fruit, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And listen to this. How many of us does your fruit and my fruit leave a bad taste in other believers? Or worse yet, in other non-believers? I, how many of us this, um, this Christmas season, we might have got together with one or two friends or one or two relatives, and they said, man, if that's what it's like to be a Christian, I might not want to be a Christian. Or maybe some of your friends at, at work, your coworkers say, ooh, when you go to church? Oh, brother, maybe I don't want to go to church because of the bad fruit that we are bearing. So what produces bad fruit from a bad tree is that the leaves aren't mature enough. The leaves aren't there to sustain that fruit. And we're going to talk about what this is. Are you learning something this morning? Are you all right, all right. Let's continue. It says, um, because we try to go, this is what happens. We bear bad fruit like this. Sometimes it's because we try to go around the process. We try to go. Anybody ever try to cheat on a test? And, and, and you're trying, I'm not going to tell how back in the day they did it. They, not me. But, you know, it, you kind of put something underneath your jacket or you put, you know, or you, man, we used to write so little. We used to write a little paper like this. You used to write everything on The whole semester's information of biology was in a little paper like this. And, no, just me? All right. You guys are saints. It's all right. So, but, you know, you, you're trying to cheat on a test, and, and you're like, and you get that, that adrenaline going. It's not even because you don't know this stuff. You probably know it because you 
wrote it down all night, you know. Uh, it, but it's because you don't want to get caught. And it's because you have this thing of, oh, my God, what if they catch me? If they catch me, what's going to happen? Because all you're trying to do is going around the process. You should have just studied. We should have just studied for the test. We should have gone through the process. Now, God wants us to go through the process. If you try to go around it, you're going to be like, what do I do in this situation? I told them that uh, I I would pray for them and they were going to get healed. What do I do now? Wait. You're going to have to go through the process. You're going to have to get to the point to where you trust so much in God that you know that it's him who's going to heal the person and not you. But if you put it on you, you're like, oh, wait, well, Pastor Chris prayed for somebody, and he got healed, so I'm going to do the same thing, too. So he's going to heal it through me. I'm going to heal him. Wait, you're not the healer, and you're going to look bad. You're going to have to learn. You know how you're going to learn? You're going to pray for 100 people, and maybe one of them will get, will get uh, healed. And you're going to have to learn that it's not because of you, but it's because of the one who's the healer, Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. Come on, say amen this morning. So Psalm 1 says, He yields his fruit in its season. This is part of the process, the seasons of our lives. There are different seasons. Why do leaves fall off trees? And we haven't gotten to what the leaves are. But why do leaves fall off trees? We're just studying horticulture here or whatever, however you say it. Probably better say it in Spanish, but anyway. There's a season for everything. Look, as the weather gets cooler and the days get shorter in the fall, trees start to prepare for winter. Trees use sunlight to make a special layer of seal between each leaf and the branch that is connected to. And the leaves fall off easily to the ground, leaving that seal there, leaving the branches in the tree protected from the cold that will come in the winter and also helping the tree to store up some food. So the leaf actually helps close up, seal that gap, okay, and helps what What's been done through the process of the leaves helps it when there's no leaves. Helps a tree when there's no leaves. How do we fix this bad fruit or fruit out of season, uh, doing it too early or going away from from the process? We troubleshoot. We prune the tree and go back to the process. What's the God process? It's planted, then leaves, then fruit. We have to be planted, there needs to be leaves, and then fruits. So here we go. We're going to know. What are leaves? Do you want to know what leaves are? Anybody want to know today what leaves? We've been talking about leaves a lot today. Do you want to know what leaves are this morning? You do. All right. So leaves, do you want to know what leaves are this morning? All right. Leaves, are, do you really want to know what leaves are this morning? All right. I, I don't want you to forget this. I don't want you to forget this. Leaves are, you can go to the next slide. Leaves are spiritual disciplines. Leaves, and I, I love teaching this right now at the beginning of the year, at the end of this year, beginning of this, because next week, next Friday, January 1st, most of us, 98.88889% of us are going to do and, and start our New Year's resolutions, all right? And we're going to be like, oh, it's new year, new me. 2020 is gone. 2021, come on. I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to do this now. I'm gonna, and it's a great year. And spiritual disciplines are something great to start at the beginning of the year. Most of us start off either fasting or praying or reading the word. But what happens with disciplines is this. And let me tell you something first. Before, before I go into it, uh, when I was uh, 
how old was I? Anyway, I was over 30, and and, and uh, I wanted to run a 5K. I had never run a, a 5K marathon, and I'm like, I'm going to run it. And it, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And, and all of a sudden, the, the day came, and I, I trained almost, um, let me see, maybe eight weeks for it. I did like a 20-minute running thing where I would run for a minute the first day and then walk 19 minutes. And then the next day, I would run a minute and a half, if I could, and then I'd walk the 18.5 minutes or whatever, and put 30, and then walk and run two minutes and like that. It, it kept on adding up to where by the end of it, I was running about 22, 23, 25 minutes, and it was like, all right, I got this, I got this. And by the, the, the day before, it was a Saturday morning, and the day before, a friend of mine said, hey, man, I'm going to run it with you. Now, he was a soccer player. He, he played basketball. He was all, all of, you know, in sports all his life. And he's, always, and he's always playing. He was active. And I said, yeah, run with me. Here, sign up. Another friend of mine, Austin, said, hey, man, I want to run it too. This guy was a professional pancake eater and professional breakfaster. I mean, he had not run in about five years. I'm like, are you sure, man? Dude, I just did a week. He goes, I could do it, man. I could do it. So the three of us ran this, this 5K, and, I, and I, I did all right. I mean, I, I stopped just a little bit to walk, and I walked faster because they put a hill. They put a hill. Come on. It was in downtown Dallas. They put a hill in the middle of the 5K. No one ever said anything about a hill, all right? And, and, and so my other friend, Jonathan, he's from Portugal. He's running with me. He, he's all about sports. So he ran with me the whole way, and while I was walking, he was running backwards. He's like, come on, man. You can do it. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> But Austin, Austin, Austin almost died on us. Austin is healthy again. But that boy, he ran about a mile, and then he almost puked. He, he was like, I can't do it, man. You go without me. Hey, man, no man left behind. Leave me behind, man. It, 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 was, it was so much drama because he hadn't trained for it. Now, I, I've always been a heavy set guy. But I trained for it, and I did well. Because I, as hard as it was, I went through the process. I didn't skip it. My other friend, Jonathan, he had always been in the process. He had been active, so it was nothing for him to do it. But my friend Austin, he tried to skip the process. And he's like, man, I used to run in high school. I'm like, dude, it was 20 years ago, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> he tried to skip the process, and all of a sudden, he couldn't do it. Listen to this. Spiritual disciplines are going to take a process as well. There's no way. Most of us, uh, I don't know, we've been to a, a church retreat. We've been to something like that. And we come back and we're all fired up for Jesus. And we're like, you know what? Tomorrow morning I'm going to get up at 5 in the morning. I'm going to pray for the nations for two hours. And I'm going uh, to pray and I'm going to pray and I'm going to worship. And you get, maybe you do get up at 5 in the morning. And at 5.03 you're like, I don't know what else to say. Anybody or just me? Anyway, all right. Why? Because you, you're not trained. It's not a discipline yet. Or you know what happens? Uh, you want to wake up at 5 in the morning, but 8 o'clock comes along, and you're like, still snooze, 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 because you're not used to it. So it takes time. It takes time to prepare all this. So with our New Year's resolutions, with our spiritual disciplines that we want to start in the new year, let's learn to be disciplined. Let's learn how to discipline ourselves to do them. Look, if you do not read your Bible one hour, okay, then don't start with the goal of reading an hour. Start with the goal of reading one chapter. 
or 10 minutes or something that is doable and attainable so that you can grow off of that so that you can be a tree planted that grows leaves because those leaves, those spiritual disciplines will bear fruit and they will bear good fruit. All right, I'm going to go fast through this because time ran out. A minute ago. So listen, discipline means to train, uh, spiritual disciplines. It doesn't matter if we are young or old Christians. It's something that is necessary. Say it with me, necessary. Necessary to bear fruit. I don't care if you've been in church over 10 years, less than 10 years, less than a month, or over 20 years. I don't care. It is necessary to bear fruit. Leaves are necessary, these spiritual disciplines. Discipline is to train oneself to do something in a controlled and habitual way. If you want this to become a habit of yours, you need to discipline yourself to do it. First one, and we're going to go fast through these. I'm not, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures that we had there. But first one is study the word. Study the word. The, the Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. We got all that. He goes, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yields its fruit in the season. He's, his leaf does not wither. When do you have time to do this? Man, most of us are busy, busy, busy. Okay? There was a point this year that I had five jobs. I mean, part-times here and there, but I had five jobs. And we're all busy. And, and, and I'm married. And I got to take care of my wife. She wants to go to Nordstrom Rack. She wants to go to Burlington Co. Factory. She wants to go to the mall. I need to be there for that, too. And I can't be like, no, babe, I'm too. I, I have. That's part of my, that's my ministry is being a husband. So where do you find time? Where am I going to find time to read the word? Listen to this. Deuteronomy 11. 18 to 19 says this, You shall therefore take these words of mine to heart and to soul, and you shall tie them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be, uh, they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. Said so you shall also teach them to your sons, speaking to them, listen to this, when you sit in your house, and when you walk, have we ever heard this before, okay? When you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, or stand. The same three steps that led us to the evil or dark side, that led us back to our sinful natures, are the same three steps that will lead us to fruitful leaf bearing in our life. Walk, stand, and sit. Anytime you walk, you speak the word of God. If you're man, you don't have to only sit down and go through it and get your Bible expository dictionary. You don't always have to do that. But when you're walking to work from your car to say, ooh, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, thank you. And you start talking the word of God. And you start reciting. Anywhere you walk, let the word of God be in your mouth. Anywhere you stand. If you're standing, man, Sometimes we're standing somewhere. The first thing we go to is Instagram. We're like, ooh, what's people doing? Put it away for five minutes, just five minutes, and just stand there in line wherever you are, Burger King, wherever you are, and just say, Lord, let your word nourish me today. And start reading the word of God. Open the Bible lab and start getting the word of God in you. And when you sit, when you, when you sit, let the word of God be with you. Why do we study the Word of God? I'm going to go through these really quick. I'm not going to go through the uh, verses, but I'll just go through the points. It says, to understand the mysteries of God. There are many mysteries that God wants to reveal to you and to me that is only done through the studying of the Word of God. Number two, to know how to accurately, accurately handle God's Word. Man, you, 
please do not say, hey, you remember how that song says. If you ever get advice from even from a Christian song, that's unbiblical. Tell them to read, tell you where it is in the Bible. All right? I don't care if it's, it's, it's a pretty song. I don't know. He turns graves into gardens, brothers. Where is that in the Bible? I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. It's actually a really godly song, but a really biblical song. But where is it? Tell me what the Word of God says, all right? Uh, and be careful those tell you, let me tell you what my heart says, because the heart is deceitful above all things. So we go back to the Word. Number three, uh, why we study the Word, to be equipped for every good work. To be equipped for every good work. And man, I, I wish I could go through all these scriptures with you, but um, that clock is bad. Anyway, number four, <laughs> to be able to understand what sin is, all right? See, it's one thing that we tell you, hey, don't do this, don't do that. But you have to get it in your, in your internally. You have to internalize what sin is so you know what to do and what not to do, not just because pastor told me not to do it. That's not a good reason. Listen, they, I, when, I was, when I was young, I got spanked. My mom spanked me. I that's just the way it was. We were Latinos, and that's what she does. So anyway, so uh, and I got spanked sometimes for doing bad things. And sometimes I got spanked, I don't know about any of you are, for not doing what I should have known that I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? You should have known that you were supposed to take care of your cousin and not like, bam. How did I? Same thing. Sometimes we sin because we do things we're not supposed to do. But sometimes we sin because we should have known that we sh- shouldn't have done that. Or we had to do that. Okay? How do we know? You got to read the word. You got to read the word. We, we can't put out on, on the webpage, hey, here's the sins of, of this month. Don't do these. There's it's nothing like that. It's between you and the Lord. And how, what's going to reveal it to you is the study of the word. Number five, to be able to overcome temptation. Jesus overcame temptation with the word. It is written. Number six, to be able to teach others. I don't care who you are. If people know you go to church, you're a leader. They're going to tell you, you go to church, right? Uh, Tell me this. You just became a leader. You just became someone who's teaching someone else the word of God. I have a guy who comes up to me at work and be like, hey, bro, uh, you go to church, right? Well, and he starts telling me his whole life story. He don't know if I'm a good church member or if I'm a church goer or not. He just knows I go to church. So to be able to teach other people, get into the word of God. All right. And last one, to gain wisdom to handle life's difficulties. Man, the word of God will teach you how to handle Life. Life is life, man. Life is not easy. It rains on the just and the unjust. It'll, uh, just people and unjust people get into car crashes. Right? Just the way it is. Life is life. How to handle life? The Word of God will get us through it. And the last spiritual discipline, I'm going to finish with this, is prayer. Prayer. Read the Word and pray. Read the Word and pray. Read the, I mean, it sounds foundational, and it is, but we need to be reminded of it. You remember my friends that ran the 5K with me? One of them was always doing it, and he was good. The other one almost died because <laughs> he wasn't doing it. Things to understand about prayer really quick. Number one, only God knows if you pray. So you remember the, the, the man that, that came and, and gave the big offering, and, and uh, Jesus was looking at him, and then the, the lady uh, who gave the two, the two little pennies and this and that. And, and then there's another instance where one came and said, Lord, I'm so good, and, and I pray every day. And I, this and that. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Only God knows if you pray or not. 
So you don't have to tell us. Don't worry. You don't have to come and be like, bro, man, my knees, they hurt. Why, bro? You're getting old? Nah, man, I just, I've been praying all day. Now nah, you're getting old, man. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. God knows if you pray or not. God knows if you're in contact with him. Um, number two, saying prayers is not necessarily praying. Okay? Just because you know a prayer or two doesn't mean you're praying. It's got to come from your heart. Do it from your heart. It, 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 can be, it can be just, Jesus, I need you. Lord, help me. But if it comes from your heart, you're talking to God. If it comes from your heart, it's directed towards the Lord. He will answer. Uh, during prayer, we speak and we listen. Take time to listen to the Lord. Now, I don't know how many of you uh, have kids, but uh, don't you hate it when you talk to your kids? You're like, hey, do this. And they got their headphones on. They got something, and they don't, they don't respond. God's not like that. If you say, Jesus, I need you, he's going to say, what do you want, son? He's going to talk back. So take time when you pray to listen to God, all right? And I'm going to go really quick through these. So every great person in the Bible prayed. Every great person. In the, you, I mean, you look through the Bible, all of them prayed. And that's our example. Even Jesus prayed. That's our greatest example. Without prayer, we only guess God's will. We're only guessing at God's will. You pray, you'll know God's will for your life. And the last one, we're, God created us to commune with him, not just to study him. So it's not just enough just to read and be like, okay, I did my devotional for today. Okay, I did my three chapters and five on Sunday or whatever it is. All right? But it's not just good enough, but pray. Talk to him about what you read. I'm going to leave it at that because I have a lot more and uh, that clock is messed up. doesn't like me. But planted leaves and then fruit. If we do that, Man, you will be a tree. You and I will be tree. I, I, I was, I was hearing, uh, preaching this morning, and it talked about evergreens. And, and you know, evergreens, what they are? And I, I looked it up. I'm like, hey, Siri, that's how you look up things now. Hey, Siri, what's evergreens? It's like, it's a tree that's always green throughout the year. Don't be like my friend Austin, all right? He was a tree that had no leaves, no fruit, and he wanted to do something that needed leaves and trees. We need to be like trees planted by living waters that gives its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Would you say amen this morning? Amen. Pastor.